Welcome to the York Story Slam podcast, where we feature select stories from our monthly open mic storytelling events in York, Pennsylvania. On July 19, 2016, 10 storytellers shared their stories with our audience at Holy Hound Tap Room in downtown York. Our theme for the evening was Brush with Fame. Sarah Doherty won with her story of when she tried to talk to Shane Victorino at Panera Bread, and he wasn't as friendly as she would have liked. Here's Sarah. Hello. How is everybody tonight? This is my first ever story slam. So. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So I was born and raised just outside of Philadelphia in uh, a very strict Roman Catholic family. So I'll get to that later. So this is the story of um, a time I was in college, and it's one of my firsts. Everybody has a lot of firsts in college. Um, some people lose their virginity. Some people do drink for the first time. This was my first time at a Panera. It was awesome. <laughs> so I was so excited. So I go there and, you know, I eat. I forget even what I got, but it was awesome. <laughs> I still remember I liked it. But um, so this was 2009. It was the year after the 2008 World Series, which the Philadelphia Phillies won. Woo! I was very excited. I was a big baseball fan back then. Um, so I'm eating my meal, and I'm with my friend, and she really wasn't into baseball, but like right behind me, Shane Victorino walks in, and I was like, oh my God, this Panera is flying Hawaiian. It's amazing. So excited. So I was like looking at my friend, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, should I go talk to him? There he is. Blah, blah, blah. We didn't live by those rules in Philadelphia. You just go up and talk to whoever you want. <laughs> um, but I see him, and I'm like, oh my gosh, and he's with his wife and his family. And I'm like, oh, I got to go. And I was going to the game the next day, so I was really excited. So I go up to him, and I'm like, hey, Shane, how's it going? And he's like, good, how are you? And I'm like, uh, well, good, it's... Every, okay, cool. Well, um, I don't want to bother you or your family, and clearly I was, but I just wanted to say I'm going to the game tomorrow, and uh, good luck. I, you know, I'm an outfielder, too. I played softball back then. It was really awesome, um, but you know, I just wanted to say good luck, and I hope you have a great game tomorrow, and he's like, okay, thanks, bye, and I'm like, okay, so I walk out of there. And I'm one of those people that, like, thinks of something really good to say after somebody insults me. So the whole night in my apartment, I'm like, man, Shane Victorino snubbed me. He didn't even look me in the eye. He gets, he just, like, looked, he just, oh, gosh, I'm getting so mad and so worked up about it. I'm like, ugh. So the next day, I get to the stadium, and I'm still a little upset. I'm a lot upset, but still, I, I get there, and I'm, like, thinking of things I could say to Shane Victorino if I say to them, if I see him, I'm like, I hope your Panera sucked, uh, you know, whatever, so, like, whatever, I'm just, like, thinking of things, and as I'm there, I'm only 20 years old, so my older brother, naturally, was sneaking me beers as we were at the stadium, so I'm proceeding to get a little wasted <laughs> and the game is going on the Phillies are doing great which I was happy about Shane was doing especially great which really pissed me off so I'm just getting more and more upset so finally <laughs> the time comes and there's a, a pop-up to Shane Victorino and it's like right to him and 
he misses it. And I'm like, that's what you get, motherfucker. <laughs> And that's the story of how I got grounded when I was in college. <laughs> Sarah earned a spot in our Grand Slam in November. Next up is Elizabeth Ehrenberg. Elizabeth grew up in Los Angeles, where it wasn't unusual to run into celebrities in the grocery store, like in this story she shared with us. So, I grew up in Los Angeles. And when you live in Los Angeles, celebrity gossip is just kind of a big part of the culture there. Um, you know, as a kid, it was what my friends and I did on play dates. It was what my dad and I talked about on the way home from school. It was kind of a real bond between my dad and I because I was an only child and he was my only parent. So celebrity gossip was always a go-to topic for light-hearted laughter and whatnot. So occasionally, my dad and I would be lucky enough to see a celebrity. You know, we would see Jerry Seinfeld eating a Reuben in our neighborhood deli. One time we saw Jay Leno on, in one of his antique cars on the 405. Um, you know, and just a few other times we would see people. And the rule, though, the unwritten rule was we were not allowed to talk to them. If we saw a famous person, we could point them out and, you know, enjoy looking at them, but we weren't allowed to go up to them and, you know, say hi or ask for their autograph because, one, we didn't want to make them uncomfortable or be rude, and two, you know, we didn't want them to pull a Jack Nicholson and pull out some golf clubs on us or something because <laughs> there's already enough paparazzi and stuff and people harassing them all the time. So... One day, when I was about 10 years old, my dad and I were at the checkout line at the grocery store, and my dad leans over, taps me on the shoulder, and whispers in my ear, he says, don't turn around, but right behind us is Angie Dickinson. So, like the, you know, like the expert poker face subtle kid I was, I didn't move, and I just said really quietly, Okay, who's Angie Dickinson? <laughs> so my dad just was like playing it cool, and he just leans over again, whispers in my ear. He's like, okay, she was an actress, and she slept with the president. <laughs> so, so then I'm like, okay, okay, I can handle this. Which president? <laughs> Now, you might be thinking, I'm 10 years old, and this is my father, and this is a little bit, you know, like, not kid-appropriate here. But in second grade, just to give you some background, I wrote a book report on Barbara Streisand. I read her biography, so that's where I learned what an extramarital affair was. So it was okay. This was normal in Los Angeles. So <clears throat> anyway... So when my dad answered my question, which president, he said, it was Kennedy, I kind of lost it at that point. We were in the line at the grocery store. There were people behind us, most closely Angie Dickinson. You know, there's people all around, lots going on. So, but this shocked me because I liked Kennedy. I knew who he was. I also did a report on him. 
so I just said, you know, I think I may have like hit my hand on the counter. I was like, what a slut. One hundred percent true. So at this point, this was not whispered. Everybody around me stopped what they were doing. It's a big moment of awkward silence. My father turned bright red and just kind of kept his head down, kind of moment where he's like, what have I done as a parent? And, and I realized I'd made a mistake, you know, and I looked around and right before things resumed as normal, right before people realized I was just another inappropriately raised LA kid, I saw Angie Dickinson's eyes and I met her eyes. And I saw something in her eyes that stuck with me for, forever after that, which was, which was shame. And it was the kind of shame that was multiple-fold, I guess you could say. It was, it was shame in herself, and it was also shame on me. Because I had shamed her in public, but then I also saw that she was ashamed of herself for so many reasons. And this was something she couldn't shake, no matter what, for the rest of her life. And so after that, I grew up, you know, I watched her movies. Um, I learned more about Kennedy, and I learned more about his character, which, you know, shaded my color of his character a little bit too. And I just came to think a lot about the idea of shame, and the idea that um, you can respect somebody for their work, and for what they produce and what they put out into the world, and you can separate that from their character. And that's something I think a lot about as a musician and as a marketing professional. Musician turned into a marketing professional and vice versa. And I think a lot about that concept as I give people the benefit of the doubt in life and, and also give that to myself in my next brush with fame, whatever that may be. Thank you. Our final story on this month's podcast comes from 16-year-old Carter Grimm, who told us about the time he traveled to see his favorite comedian twice. Hey, guys. Good to be back. All right. So, two summers ago, um, I had bought tickets to see the comedian Bo Burnham. Anybody? Woo! All right. So, this was uh, one of the bigger shows that I had been to, and I was really excited. And I bought the tickets, like, very far in advance. So we get to uh, August 29th, when the tickets were for, and uh, we, we drive down. It's like a decent, it's a decent drive. And I dragged my mom, because I can't drive yet, and I'm like, Mom, you need you to drive me and my friend uh, to like outside of Philly. It'll be fine, like the trip, the trip will be fun. It's like, okay, you can drag me to Philly. So we take the drive to, to well, outside of Philly, and we like get dinner, and then we can see the venue from uh, across the street, and it says, Milk Carton Kids, coming soon. I'm like, oh, that's fun. And then we leave the restaurant, and we go out, and she's like, all right, I'll see you guys soon. And we walk across the street only to see that it's completely dark, and there's no one in it. Uh, to which the next question was, are you sure they're for tonight? I was like, yeah, of course August 29th, yeah. So I pick out the, uh, the tickets from my pocket, and to my amazement, it was uh, the next month, 29th of September 29th. So 
I felt great at that point, um, especially because we got a picture of me outside of it looking really sad, um, you know, Twitter shaming me. Thanks, Mom. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, my, you know, my friends were seeing it. Everyone was laughing really hard, and I was like, the face you make when you're, you know, a month late uh, to, or a month early to a Bo Burnham show uh, <laughs> a couple hours away. So uh, nothing really happens. Like, my friends keep asking me about it. I'm like, shut up. And uh, then uh, the, next, the next night, I believe, uh, my phone just starts blowing up. And I'm like, what, what's happening? Only to see that uh, after, you know, it being retweeted by my family and friends a bunch of times, thanks again, um, <laughs> it had somehow gotten to him. And he had tweeted about it. And he quoted my tweet, so, you know, he has his tweet and then mine, the link to it. And it said, that really sucks, but, like, you know, ha, 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 all caps. And now, that sucks, but the real stinger is the next one that said part two of two, ha, 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 in all caps. Um, and... Uh, 2,500 likes and 350 retweets later, um, all of my friends and even more of my family had seen this tweet. And I just looked it up just earlier, and there's this new great button on Twitter called um, the Twitter, not Twitter memories, Twitter uh, interactions button. And it said it had over 33,000 views. <laughs> so my mild misfortune and not being able to read the date of the damn month um, translated into 33,000 people seeing that my comedy idol Twitter shamed me. <laughs> and honestly, I, I just, like, thanks, Mom. <laughs> Our next event is scheduled for Tuesday, August 16th, when we'll draw 10 names from the hat to tell stories based on the theme, Dog Days. Remember, you can purchase tickets on our website, yorkstoryslam.com, and while you're there, you can sign up for our monthly newsletter. You can also follow us on Twitter at York Story Slam, as well as on Facebook, and watch videos of all the stories from our events on our YouTube channel. Our podcast is produced with support from The Beer Ace. Find them at thebeerace.com. This episode comes to you with support from this month's featured brewery partner, Yards Brewing Company. We hope to see you on stage soon. Thanks for listening. This Story Slam podcast is produced by Carla Wilson of Wilson Media Services. Theme music composed and performed by David Wilson. You can learn more at wilsonmediaservices.com.